0: As you can see, that's uh, Tiger Woods walking up the 18th green, 18th fairway, in one of the many tournaments that he won. And uh, we're going to read about that kind of a crowd following Jesus today. Well, by the way, can you see me? Can you see me? You don't have to look down to find me, do you? Maybe I better get up here. Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 9. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree (laughs) to see what he could see. Uh, Sound familiar, some of you Sunday school attenders? I know from experience that short people get weary of always being looked down upon. (laughs) I was the same height I am today when I was in eighth grade. And I was athletic. I was a starter on the football team and the track team. But I was one of the shortest guys on the team. The guys I ran around with all all were tall, over six feet. And when we, before we had cars, when we used to run around town together, I had to hurry and shuffle (laughs) along to keep up with them as we walked around Randy Newman wrote a song some of you may remember it short people got no reason to live <laughs> that's not funny <laughs> well you have to wonder why luke made it such a point to to tell us that zacchaeus was short i mean That's the kind of crowds that we just saw that followed Jesus. One of the crowds it's estimated when he fed the multitude was around 15,000 people. Lots of people crowding and following Jesus. And not once did Luke telling about anybody that Jesus talked to tell us about their stature or their physical characteristics. But Zacchaeus gets singled out as being the short guy. I don't know. But I do know that many people that are either short in stature or short in self-image try to compensate for it. You ever heard of the Napoleon syndrome? You know, Napoleon was short and it's suggested that he had a complex about that, and it was one of the things that drove him to try and conquer and uh, be a bully throughout Europe. So he had that going against him, this man, Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. He wasn't content to just be a tax collector. He wanted to be the chief tax collector, and he'd achieved that. And so not only was he short, but now he's disliked because he's the chief tax collector. Those guys were thought of as being greedy, corrupt, and disloyal to their people. Then it tells us he was wealthy. Well, you know how people are. Sometimes they get a little envious and jealous, of the wealthy, especially if they're not pleasant people, and it kinda seems like Zacchaeus wasn't such a pleasant guy. So when they saw Jesus hanging out with Zacchaeus, they were shocked. They said, that guy is a sinner. Why in the world would Jesus spend any time with him? But the thing we learn about this man Zacchaeus, is he wanted to see Jesus. Now, it might have just been celebrity curiosity, but I have a feeling that there was something else going on inside of him. Maybe he hadn't fully processed it yet, but something in him said, I need to put forward some effort to meet this Jesus. I I need to see him. I need to understand what this is about. And so then we read, after he climbed up in the tree, that that led to a moment. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once, and welcome him gladly. That is the most interesting verse to me because I like the way the NIV puts it. When he came to the spot, he'd been walking through Jericho, he'd come down from Galilee, he was eventually going to get to Jerusalem. He came to the spot, thousands of people all around, and he stopped there and he looked up and in the spot, he encountered Zacchaeus. And Luke, why did he single out this moment? There were people there for all kinds of reasons. They all had a story and they all had a reason to be near Jesus. But for some reason, it was canonized in the scripture, this incident with the man, short man, Zacchaeus. Now, Luke was good about telling us what kind of, what nationality of people were. You read through Luke, he'll tell us who was the Roman centurion. He'll tell us who was the syrophoenician woman he'll tell us who were the gentiles he doesn't say anything about zacchaeus as being distinguished from the rest of the people that were following jesus which by and large were israelites descendants of jacob heirs of the covenant of abraham the jews he was a jew a traitorous Jew, but he was still a Jew. And that's important to keep in mind because the word, the name Zacchaeus is not a Jewish name. It's not a Roman name. It's a Greek name. It's actually a conflation of two words that mean, in Greek, clean and pure. And some have suggested that that really wasn't his name, his real name. It was the name that Jesus gave him there on the spot. Zacchaeus, what are you doing up there? Zacchaeus, clean and pure man, come down immediately. Well, Zacchaeus was used to being called lots of names. But Jesus was calling him clean and pure. You have to think that made an impression on him. Somebody showed him kindness. Somebody showed him value. Clean and pure man come down. I must stay at your house today. And it's important to realize and recognize the role of Jesus in initiating and directing how this was going to go. You can see Jesus is operating with an agenda here. Clean and pure, man, come down. I have to go to your house today. Come down immediately. We've got business to do. And Zac responded in a most interesting way. Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now, that spot, here and now, I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Wow. That's a pretty amazing response to the blessing of Jesus encountering him eye to eye, man to man, heart to heart, on the spot. He was changed on the inside. He spontaneously and voluntarily decided that it was time for him to change the way he was living and make amends by finding purpose in giving to the poor. That's a pretty incredible, spontaneous, instantaneous transformation that took place in that man. And this is especially noteworthy because just a few verses before this portion that we've read from in chapter 9 of Luke, there's another story. It could have happened just a day or two before this happened. It's the story of the rich ruler. You've probably heard it. A certain ruler asked Jesus, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, keep the commandments. You know the commandments. Don't commit adultery. Don't murder. Don't steal. Don't give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I've kept since I was a boy. I've got a good record on that. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, well, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor. Sell everything I have and give to the poor? I've been working so hard to be so good and moral. Isn't that good enough? And when Jesus heard this, he became... He said, he looked at him and said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Somebody came up to me after the first service and said, you know, when they heard that, the way they were trained to believe is that the richest were the closest to God. The richest were the most blessed by God. The richest enjoyed God's favor more than others. And so when they heard Jesus say it's hard for the rich to get in, the people heard that as saying well if the rich can't get in, who can get in? That's the way they they understood it. The poor have no chance if it's hard for the rich. And Jesus said, what is impossible with men is possible with God. Now, I think that conversation may have still been stirring inside of Jesus as he came along a day or two later and he saw a wealthy short chief tax collector Zacchaeus up in the tree and Jesus said oh let's watch an impossible salvation hey clean and pure man come down I have to go to your house today And he knew that that word of affirmation and blessing and hope and forgiveness and acceptance and love that flowed out of Jesus was gonna change the heart of that man. And it did right there on the spot. Zacchaeus said, I have got to change the way I've been living. I can't live this way anymore. It's not right. I know it's not right. I'm hurting myself. I'm hurting people. I must change. And I'm going to. Look, look. I'm going to give half of everything I own away to the poor. And if I have defrauded anybody, I'm going to four times, multiply it four times. I give it back to him. That transformation was incredible. But Jesus demonstrated that with God, it's possible. When you have an encounter with Jesus on the spot, it can change your heart instantly. And that's what happened to Zacchaeus. So what does this all mean for us? Well, it means that Like Zacchaeus, we all have personality glitches of some sort. We all do. We struggle with our physique. We struggle with our standing in society. We struggle with our impure thoughts. We struggle with things we know we've done and said that hurt others. We've all got our glitches. But Jesus didn't let that stop him with Zacchaeus. Jesus was proactive. He stopped on the spot and said, I have to go to your house. And he began redefining who Zacchaeus was in that very moment. That's what he does with you and me. I can remember the moment, and I've talked about this before, I can remember the very moment when sitting in a room with some other people, talking about Jesus. And I was heavily under the influence of drugs in those days, I was 19 years old. And as they spoke of Jesus, I sensed his presence. I felt him as if he was looking at me, like I was up in the tree. I was up there somewhere. <laughs> and and. Uh, And I heard him say, it's time, Steve, it's time. And I felt it in my heart. I've got to stop what I'm doing. I can't live this way any longer. I'm hurting myself, I'm hurting other people. And I walked out of that room, and it was as if I would have said to the Lord had he been standing there physically, look, Lord, I'm different now. Something changed in me in there. When I invited you to come with me, or when you said to me, I'm going with you, you changed me. And I did change. I was in school for preparing for ministry within less than two months after that happened. And uh, I jokingly said to the first service, and look at me now, I'm a Baptist. (laughs) I changed. Why did I change? Well, it wasn't willpower, I'll tell you that. It was a miracle. The moment I sensed Jesus by the Spirit looking into me and showing me that he wasn't condemning me, he was loving me, He was inviting me to have fellowship and communion with him. Something happened. And I was instantly, just like somebody flipped a switch, my head cleared, the the drugginess lifted. I could see things different than I had seen them in a long time. It was that moment, in that spot, where Jesus said, I don't see you as a short little failure, Steve. I see you as one of mine, clean and pure, saved by my grace, forgiven. I wanna hang out with you. You're one of mine. Now what about this money thing? We've said it before, we say it again, it's absolutely certain, there is no sin or no shame in having prosperity, having wealth. I mean, it's, it's only logical. If we were all poor, how would we meet the needs of the poor? Some of us are allowed or are gifted to whatever credit you want to give, Some of us are allowed to be prosperous and blessed in life. Most Americans, most all Americans by the rest of the world's standards are born into it. We live with abundance all around us. That's not a sin. But when we enter the kingdom, when salvation moves into our lives something is going to happen just as it happened with Zacchaeus there's going to come a detachment from that wealth that we have hoarded we still may have use of it but we're going to feel differently about it and Zacchaeus is a good model for how that works suddenly we're going to see that whatever blessing I enjoy in my life, it's not just for my consumption, it's for the benefit of others, especially those who are less fortunate. And we see that example taking place in Zacchaeus. He was detached from his hoarded wealth, his ill-gotten gain, and then the kingdom's presence in his life, the Spirit of God that he encountered in that moment in that spot the Spirit of God ignited a noble purpose to care for the poor that he had been ripping off and abusing that's how it happens now we're not all tax collectors most of us are not tax collectors we all have a place we all have a function in life and God uses us in very different and unique ways but the point I'm getting to is whatever resources we have, whatever giftings we have, whatever talents and abilities we have when we encounter the kingdom when we have that moment in the, on the spot with Jesus it's going to stir us and move us to a noble purpose, to be a blessing to others. That's just the way the kingdom works. And so one could say, when Jesus saw Zacchaeus that day, up in the tree, the crowd's all around, and Jesus is looking there and they're all looking at him And they're talking about that guy. I know who that is. That's Zacchaeus. What a sinner he is. And Jesus said, I'm going to use this moment to make a point that they're going to be talking about in 2022 in Des Moines Iowa." And by the Spirit, it's been carried forward to us today. Well, in life, we encounter the Lord in many spots. It's not just a one-off kind of a deal. The Lord bumps into us all along the way. He finds us up in the air sometimes, a little confused and disoriented in life. And again, he comes to us, and he says, Steve, clean and pure one. I've got a purpose for you, let's fellowship. I need to be with you. And that's what the Lord says to us every day. I need to go to your house today. Let's pray.